Hello, hello, and welcome to the triumphant return of the Pick and Play podcast. Uh, today we're going to be breaking down the NFC. Uh, we gave you the AFC a couple weeks ago. I caught COVID, ended up on the bench. Leo was holding the team up with a solo pod, and here he is to break down the NFC with us. How you doing, man? doing pretty good you know i i missed you last week i'm not used to doing the solo pod the solo episode that was something new it was interesting but i'm definitely glad that you're here to to drive the boat a little bit yeah i look big shout out to holding it down i listened to it some new some new bells and whistles with it as well i think all good things we're going to be continuing to grow over the summer now that we got the boat back on track and today we're going to be breaking down really what the nfc teams have done uh, in the offseason, we have roughly two weeks until the draft, so this will probably be the last NFL pod unless something crazy breaks until after the draft, but let's go ahead and cut through it. We've got two sets of teams. The first set of teams uh, we're going to briefly walk through. Um, they didn't really do a whole lot, and we'll comment on that. And then we've got seven teams at the end of this pod that dramatically shifted their landscape. And we will break down each one for you know, a couple minutes, five, seven, maybe ten minutes if we get real passionate on a subject. But let's go ahead and kick it off. And I'm going to start with some of the teams. And stop me if there's anything you really want to dive into here. But teams that really haven't done anything are in the middle of a rebuild, staying the course, uh, or just running it back. Uh, I have the Giants, Dallas Cowboys. These are teams that don't really seem to have any inclination to do anything big. Dallas has signed Dak. They're going to run it back. The Giants are just holding it down. They did pick up uh, uh, Kenny Galladay. I think that might be a big deal for their offense. You know, I don't think that they had a true, you know, number one guy. And I think Kenny Galladay is that guy if he can stay on the field. Last season, he played almost no games. I think he, he might have played two or three games. Uh, miss most of the season with injury. Uh, do you you don't think that that makes a big deal on their team having a true number one for Daniel Jones? I don't think that wide receivers add wins dramatically uh, to your total. I think that they can maybe give you one or two more. Kenny Galladay is not in that tier to add a win, though. I just don't view okay. it that way. You know, Saquon Barkley coming back with Kenny Galladay, okay. I just, when I look at the Giants, I go, you're kind of just going to see if next year if Daniel Jones is actually the guy or not. Um, and I think he's not. It's just they're going to take a little more time to figure that out. No issues there. Dallas, kind of same boat. You signed Dak. You got hurt. New coach last year. Season went to the toilet. Rerunning it back. Uh, Atlanta, they seem to be in a holding pattern as well. Running it back with Matt Ryan. They have a high draft pick, so there is some inclination they could trade out of that spot for future picks. We'll keep an eye on it, but I, I don't really have anything else to add with Atlanta either. What do you think that they should do? Because that is one that I find a little bit interesting. Because you have a, a quarterback in Matt Ryan who's been productive, and I know that maybe the fans don't love Matt Ryan because he's not flashy, but he's consistent. You know, I, I think he's led the league in completions every year for the last few years. I've Shout out to whoever put that stat on on Twitter. Um, what would you do if you're them? You're sitting at four. You're going to have your choice of quarterbacks probably between Lance Fields, 
Uh, you know, you're going to have a couple choices. Do you roll with Matt Ryan for another couple years, given that he still has some in the tank, or do you take the future now? I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. I cannot understand, for the life of me, why, out of the literal blue, okay, all of these quarterbacks in college are now being talked about as franchise savers. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't fucking get I, it. I feel like that's been a like a pattern in the last couple of years. Is right after the season ends, we think one way. We like after right after this college football season season ended, we thought Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I'm not sure which one. Probably going to be Lawrence one, but we like both of them. And over the last couple months, and this seems to happen at least for the last three or four seasons, it happens every year where slowly through workouts, through combine, through this, through that, through interviews, you just see quarterbacks just start shooting up the list. Yeah. And I, I, I don't... I don't agree with it personally. Like, I, I know on the last episode I was bitching about why Mac Jones would be the number three pick for San Francisco. I, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. Continue. No, you're in the same boat. Um, I think it's strictly bad teams doing bad things. I think we can just boil it down to bad teams doing bad things, giving up draft capital for a quarterback that's never going to make a difference other than making your team worse just so you can draft at the top again. Um, congratulations to all you bad teams that trade up to grab bad quarterbacks. Uh, this draft will not have six elite quarterbacks. No draft has ever had six elite quarterbacks. In recent memory, even going back 20 years, the only draft really with three good quarterbacks is Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. And even those three... People hated Eli his whole career. People thought Philip Rivers was an underachiever. And Ben Roethlisberger had off-field stuff for a good portion of his career uh, that threatened to derail what it will be a undoubted Hall of Fame career. So I just want to put in perspective for people that if you're taking the seventh quarterback, okay, five of those quarterbacks, three aren't going to make the starting day roster. Like, they're, they're just not even going to be that good. They shouldn't be on the roster. They're going to be there because you drafted them one. So you're going to know immediately you wasted a pick, i.e. Josh Rosen. Um, you know, Sam Darnold is a guy that got outplayed by Joe Flacco last year. The only three quarterbacks out of that class that look good. Lamar has an MVP. Josh Allen has one good year. That's it. And Baker Mayfield's proven himself to be incapable of doing anything without a puppet master with his hand all the way up his ass to where he can taste his fingertips. So, you know, that was a highly touted draft class, and the guy picked last is the best by a country mile. So, again, you trade up. I'm going to tell you that these teams filling the top of the board are all going to waste their picks. Only two of these quarterbacks are going to be worth dick. Um... Atlanta, if I'm Atlanta, I look at my team and I go, you know, it's not that we don't score points. It's that every team for the last four years has done whatever they want defense offensively to our defense. You need to retool your defense. You need more picks. You ain't going to be competing next year. Matt Ryan has been healthy his entire career. It is not an issue of keeping Matt Ryan upright. It is an issue of your defense is a sieve. 
Stop looking at your offense. If I'm Atlanta, I quietly rebuild the defense while I keep Matt Ryan in there. And then in two years from now, I try to offload Matt Ryan to someone who's desperate and willing to make a stupid choice like the Colts did. And then uh, drag getting Carson Wentz. And then I draft my wide. I draft my quarterback. So uh, if I'm Atlanta, I'm just holding tight with the fourth. If I can trade down and accumulate picks, great. Um, but I'm building my defense and defense only. All right. So although I do agree with what you're saying, I don't think that that's what's actually going to happen. If I had to put some money on it right now, and we like betting here on the Pick and Play podcast, so imaginary bet, I would throw, I'm going to call it $1,000 that the pick for Atlanta is going to be Kyle Pitts, the big tight end from Florida. Yep. Okay. And I only think that because their new head coach, Arthur Smith, he's coming from Tennessee where he spent years as a tight end coach. He took over as the offensive coordinator last year and always had the tight ends involved, whether he was the coach or whether he was the tight end coach or whether he was the offensive coordinator. That man got the most out of the tight ends in Tennessee. He, he developed John Smith into a guy who just got four years, 50 million from the Patriots. Uh, my, early early prediction is Falcons go with a tight end I I don't know if they pick them at four if I'm the Falcons I try to trade back a couple slots see if you can pick up some some extra picks like you're saying Uh, but I think they're going offense and I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts I that would that lines up with my whole bad teams stay bad because they do bad things um as much as I like to say that wide receivers don't really help you in the overall scheme of things, uh, when I point to tight ends, I think tight ends are a little more important than wide receivers, so I get that. I just don't look at Atlanta as going, your problem is <laughs> you can't score points. Your problem is the other team is going to score as many points as they want, and you're going to be in trouble. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised right. at all, and to I think that, that makes up, sense. They were a top five. Oh, I'm sorry, they were a top five passing offense. Just to to back up your claims here, they were fifth in the league in passing last year. So I don't think they need help there either. Yeah, but they'll do it. To your point, they're not a smart team, and they'll go with the shiny new toy. If they trade back and still get him, that's fine. But that's not going to help them win games. So let's let's slide over. Uh, to another team for me that is in that category of just did really didn't do much. Uh, Arizona with a big run it back um, mentality. Uh, I don't really have much to add on Zona. I said last year they'd be a disappointment. They were. Um, they've changed nothing. They still don't have a good head coach. Kyler Murray disappeared the entire second half of the last season. Uh, they, this is a great example of you have surrounded your young wide, your young quarterback with wide receiver talent. You have not surrounded your young quarterback with good coaching or a good defense. And, and the result is a disappointing team that's probably going to be fighting for the basement of their division again. Yeah, I don't have anything to add there. They did add A.J. Green, and that not a big deal, but I've been curious about whether A.J. Green still had some in the tank and whether being in Cincinnati was was really what was killing him, you know, other than the injuries. I want to see what healthy A.J. Green can do next to DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, uh, but to your point, that doesn't actually move the needle for wins. That's just more of my uh, my fan bias. That's what I like. Yeah, sure. There'll be some fun, and then teams will figure them out. 
four to five weeks into the season, and then the team will disappear again. A couple more teams on this list that really didn't move, that kind of took a run-it-back approach. Uh, Green Bay, no real changes, just running it back. Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy is probably the biggest Green Bay news of the offseason. You would think that uh, that Green Bay might look to shop Jordan Love, the, the quarterback that they picked last year, to one of these quarterback needy teams. You know, I feel like the unknown prospect probably has some high value there. Uh, but it doesn't look like they're doing that. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing on Green Bay. I, they they were very successful last season, so I, I kind of understand why they would want to run it back. Um, but I, I would be looking to shop the quarterback to a team that needs one. You know, if you could pick up an extra second, third round pick to help put places or put pieces around Aaron Rodgers while he's still good, I think you need to look to do that. But it doesn't seem like they've tried really hard to do so. No, I got no clue what Green Bay is doing. Another team I don't really know what they're doing. They're kind of stuck in purgatory in their division is Minnesota. Minnesota taking a very heavy run-it-back approach. This was not a good team last year. Uh, They did draft some pieces. Maybe you're hoping for a regroup, and last year was just a down and off year. But Minnesota hasn't done anything either. Nothing to add on them. I'm going to keep it 100. I don't spend much time paying attention to the Vikings at all. So, yeah, no, I got nothing. And then we have Seattle, who, same formula. I'm just going to run it back. There were some off-season trade rumors. They have amounted to nothing. And so Seattle is going to run it back. Now, just an idea of how where Seattle's at in their run-it-back program. Seattle lost by 10 points to a team in their division in the wild-card round of the playoffs. The team that beat them. Okay, the team that beat them was so disappointed with their quarterback in that game who had a broken finger in that game on his throwing hand, they traded him away. So the team that beat them has made more dramatic moves than they have. Uh, I don't know what Seattle's plan is going forward, but this is another team that is just holding the line. I was prepared to say that I I don't mind Seattle running it back, but when you break it down like that, now it feels like... Maybe that's not the right move. Yeah. You know, you got beat by 10 versus a guy with a broken hand who got traded to Detroit and essentially purgatory, which we'll get into later. Um, The team that beat you aggressively tried to get better and did so. And you are doing what? So, yeah, they have no first round pick because they traded it away uh, for a box linebacker. Uh, also known as Jamal Adams, who they say plays safety, but is plays up on the line. Um, so that's fine. Uh, and then the last team to run it back, rightfully running it back, is the team that won the whole fucking thing in Tampa Bay. Uh, this is the only acceptable run it back formula. Um, we we won the Super Bowl by a good margin. We beat the shit out of the Chiefs. Yes, the Chiefs had line problems. So what? We turned around and we brought every single motherfucker back except Antonio Brown. So this is the only accept- acceptable answer for me when you say run things back. They were a top three scoring offense in the league last year. Uh, you don't really need to say much more than that. You're top three in scoring. You won the Super Bowl. Bring them all back. Yeah, I agree with what Tampa's doing 100%. Let's see if you guys can do it again. So let's now flip over into teams that have done something significant in some way or another. Uh, we'll start with the um, 
we'll start with the least uh, chaotic movers and then move into uh, teams that just uh, completely redid the ship. Uh, the first team I have on my list is Washington football team. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their opening day starter. Uh, and I love the move. It is a minor move in terms of Ryan Fitzpatrick's been on like 13 fucking teams. So, But I think this gives him a legit quarterback uh, who has been healthy throughout his career, who can sling it for you, who will lose you games, but can win you games. And that's something that the Washington franchise has not had for numerous years now. Uh, I am excited about this. They have a ton of weapons. It's a young team. I think he's the right guy for the locker room. So I really like this. How do you feel about this move? I like it a lot, actually. And I like it because, I mean, I know with Ryan Fitzpatrick, we don't get excited. We've been watching Ryan Fitzpatrick since damn near we were going through puberty. Yes. This is going to be like his 18th year in the league or something like that coming up. So he, he's been out there slinging the rock since I was like 12. Um, but I think that the move is big because you saw in their playoff matchup, they gave the Bucks a little a little run there, and that was with Taylor Heineke. Is, yeah. is that how you say it? Yeah, if, if they can give if they gave the Bucks a little run for their money with Taylor Heineke, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a he's a guy that brings your floor up. You yes. know, he might not bring the ceiling up too high, but he brings your floor up. And they were seven and nine with dumpster fire rotations at quarterback. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you at minimum league average, which is much better than what they had last year. If their defense shows up like it did in the last season, you know, they already have uh, Terry McLaurin. They have Antonio Gibson. There's some nice pieces there, like you say. If, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can stay healthy the whole season, I think if you're in the NFC South, that's, that's something that you need to pay attention to. Yep. I think this makes them a contender. And for full, you know... NFC East, sorry, not South. Yeah, NFC East contender for me, and I've already made a bet on them to win their division. So... As you probably should. uh, The division, nobody in the division has done anything to dramatically improve, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick gives Washington maybe not a dramatic (laughs) improvement, but a pretty good one. A yeah. pretty good improvement over what they had last year. For me, you upgrade your quarterback position, the most important position in the NFL. You upgrade that. You have the best defensive line in the in the NFC East, in most of the NFC. Uh, so I love what they did. Um, moving to a team in their division that made some moves. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to stay with Jalen Hurts, and they traded away. Carson Wentz for a a third-round pick this year, and then next year a conditional 2022 that could turn into a first. Um, We have to see how the Colts do first. Uh, Let's take a look at this for one perspective of Philly. Um, What I cannot, I will have to do some digging, but I cannot remember a team that won the Super Bowl, then the next year won a playoff game, then the year after that, went to the playoffs with a banged-up roster. And then they fired their coach and traded their quarterback. I can't, for the life of me, ever think about a team that went from Super Bowl champion to utter and complete dysfunction in such a fast manner. So I think it's an interesting thing. I don't think Philly got at all better with this trade. 
They did not get a lick better. I think Jalen Hurts is fine. I don't think he's super great. I don't think the offense is going to have any semblance of uh, life this year, and I think their defense is aging and now collapsing. I can't remember a team that went from Super Bowl winner to utter chaos so fast. And you lose Wentz, who was on pace for an MVP season before he got hurt. You lose Wentz, you lose the locker room, uh, and now you're retooling in a division that, frankly, you may still have a bottom quarterback. You we, Now we have a question mark at the coaching position. The whole front office is basically under a microscope. What do you think with Philly here? I, I'm putting them as a bad, bad team next year. Uh, I'm not sure when it comes to what their record's going to be, but what I can say for sure is it looks like they looked at their team last season and kind of leaned into what was working. Uh, when you look at the stats, it looks like they were tied for last with the Jets, which you never want to be. They were tied for Jet. They were tied with the Jets for last in yards per yards per completion. Yep. Um, and so, like you say, maybe not a huge upgrade at the quarterback position, but if you're already last in yards per completion, you can't get worse than last. You know, they were third though in yards per carry. And so it looks like they're going to lean a little bit more into the running game. They did have some success running the ball when they ran it. They get a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's not shy with the run. Uh, We already know he will take off if necessary. And he had some pretty strong rushing games last season in the few games that he played. So uh, if they're going to turn into more of a run-heavy team, again, they were third in the league in yards per carry behind the Ravens and Titans, two teams that are known for pounding the ball. If they're going to turn into one of those teams, then I don't, really mind the move to Jalen Hurts I think it's smart to unload Wentz and get some some draft capital if you can because uh Wentz led one of the worst passing attacks in the league last season I know that a lot of people are going to blame the offensive line for that but when Jalen Hurts came in he you, you saw the sack rate drop dramatically and I'm sure it has to do with how mobile he is so I don't mind them leaning into the run I think that might it's definitely going to help their defense uh but in that division, I really I can't tell you what I think is going to happen. Right now, I like Washington the best, only because I don't think any of the other teams have done that much. But I think that the Eagles are smart to lean into the run a little bit, given that they have questions at quarterback. Yeah, Philly's completely retold. We're going to have to wait and see with them. Uh, next team on my list where I go, you know, the only reason you're on here is because you're heading down the road of dysfunction. Chicago. Chicago plays the entire offseason of musical chairs. They end up without anyone in a chair. (laughs) They are going to start with Andy Dalton as their quarterback. Uh, Wow. This is a team that drafts Mitchell Trubisky, picks up Khalil Mack in a huge trade, has one of the best defenses in the NFL, Breaks a playoff run at the first. Well, they don't make a playoff run. They make a regular season run. They lose on the double doink uh, to Philly. And now we are looking at a team that there's no Mitchell Trubisky. That makes sense. Matt Nagy stays. The whole team is going to kind of run it back. But you literally don't have anyone at quarterback. 
We saw Dalton with a bevy of weapons in Dallas last year, more weapons than any quarterback could ever wish for. Uh, and a decent offensive line, not great, decent. And he's going to inherit a situation with less weapons and a worse offensive line. I have no fucking clue what Chicago's aiming to do here. What do you think Chicago's trying to do here? I don't even think Chicago knows what they're trying to do here. Uh, like you say, they they have Andy Dalton is what they're going with. And if this was 2008 or something like that, then fine. But in 2021, Andy Dalton's not the guy that I want. I mean, we just saw Andy Dalton with the Cowboys. They look like crap. So I'm not really sure why they thought that that would be the solution to their problems. Uh, They were in the bottom half of the league in pretty much every offensive metric last season. And, you know, I was saying a few minutes ago how the Packers should look to, to dump Jordan Love off on someone who needs a quarterback. I mean, I know that it's in the division, but I'd be looking at the Bears like, hey, you want this? Like, give us a second. Give us a third. Like, they, they have to make some kind of move. I, I cannot believe that they're going to start the season with Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback. I, I refuse to believe that. I know. Whoever's the GM there, I don't know what their GM's name is, but he needs to be out of a job. And I don't even like calling for people's jobs. Ryan like Pace, but yeah. Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, you need... I, I don't know, Ryan Pace. I don't know what you got going on over there. I don't know why you think Andy Dalton is the... You know, is going to be the savior here. Maybe he's looking at the Packers saying, look, we're not going to do anything to get over that hump right now, so fuck it. That, that's that's my only guess because there's no way that you plan on being competitive with that. No, this looks like a tank job. So right, right. we'll see what they do. They could still trade for a quarterback or something. I Maybe Teddy Bridgewater goes there. Carolina will come off him, and you can get Teddy up in Chicago, and you can be yeah, a... Like that. You could be a six and ten team with Teddy. You could be a four and no, sorry, you'd be a six and eleven team with Teddy, because uh, you're still going to get beat by Green Bay twice. Uh, you'll probably beat Detroit twice, and Minnesota will probably beat you twice because you still don't have a better team than Minnesota. So uh, I think the Chicago Bears. I just when you look at their off season where they ended up, they don't have a high enough draft pick to get anybody that's of note. They have more and more holes developing around their team. And now they have, you know, I won't say that Dalton's uh, upgrade from uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think he makes you any worse. I just think that when you look at your team and say, hey, we went nowhere with the quarterback. And I go, okay, well, how'd you do last year? You go, not good. Not good at all. I go, all right, so you, you did nothing? Yeah, we did absolutely nothing. Uh, okay. Um, well, I can't wait to see where your over-unders on wins are so I can fade the shit out of you. Uh, but besides that, you know, Godspeed. So, uh, I really feel for Allen Robinson. Like Allen, Andy Dalton might, might be the best quarterback that he's played with in his career, but damn. Which is like, disgusting. Right, exactly. Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky, the guys had, now with Andy Dalton, he's got the holy trinity of like, uh, you know, I always say that when I try to rank quarterbacks, um, the worst quarterback in in the realm of this guy won't outwardly tank your team, um, 
you know, you have the, the, the gatekeeper bullies in the, the action movie where they're the first person that some that the, the hero shakes up and gets and, and and gets all the information from and Andy Dalton, Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky are that first low level cop that you know, is is a snitch or the first, uh, you know, uh, mob boss that was just brought in and uh, you, you they act tough and then the hero shows up and shakes them down for three minutes and they're like, they're running everything through the docks. They come in on Monday from 9 to 10. Whoa! And they give everything up and your team's fucking shot then because the good guys got you by the balls. Uh, they're that guy in the movie, Andy Dalton, Mitchell Trubisky. They're the, they act tough. You know, oh, look at me. I, I'm in with the big guys. And then as soon as the superhero shows up, they get fucking laid on their ass and they're giving up every secret and their team loses immediately after. So that's, that's how I view them. I love them. that. That's funny. That's, that's pretty much how I view them. They just get the shit kicked out of them right off the bat. And they normally look like some kind of low level criminal. Andy Dalton it definitely looks like that fucking first villain. Um, so let's. I mean, call New Orleans at least. Like, go oh get my teams. god, do something! Like, come on. New Orleans is a team that we skipped over on the other side, and it's the same thing. I, I, you Drew Brees retired, and you're like, okay, so what are you doing in quarterback? And they're like, well, we got this Taysom Hill guy, and everyone's like, yeah, but we all know that contract's entirely fake, and so they must really believe in Jameis Winston. So. Um, Again, you're just going to put in the fucking first villain that's just going to get whipped up. So that's my worst level of, uh, you know, quarterback tears when it comes to, to that. So uh, let's flip over to the la- uh, another t- well, the last team in that division that we haven't covered. We covered uh, Green Bay, um, Chicago. We've covered Minnesota. Well, there's one team left in that division that stirred the whole pot, uh, and that's Detroit. So we're going to talk in tandem here about Detroit, then we're going to flip into the Los Angeles Rams. Detroit essentially picks up the god-awful Jared Goff contract, um, and they grab a couple of picks. Now, they immediately restructured Goff's contract, so it's not nearly as heavy, um, but they get a first-round pick in 2022, they get a first round pick in 2023. They get a third round 2021 that was a comp pick. So the Los Angeles Rams uh, are treating their uh, are treating their first round picks as I don't even know the equivalent. Uh, how, no one's ever done what they're doing um, since the early days of the NFL draft. Uh, Detroit trades Matthew Stafford, lands golf in these rebuilds. They land a head coach in Detroit who I don't really know what his game day plan's going to be. They go from Matt Patricia, who was a pompous prick, uh, to a new coach who seems like a likable guy you'd want to get a beer with. Uh, but there's a lot of those weird football cliches. He said, you know, if we're going to get kicked down. We're going to bite him in the knee. And I, I just have news for you. If you bite someone in the kneecap, you're going to lose every fucking tooth you have. Uh, so you, you, it's a really weird thing. I understand where you were going mentally. But again, the, the, the disconnect between where you think you're going mentally and the reality of your situation um, are vastly different. So let's start on the Detroit side of things. 
Detroit goes full tank. You know, they let Galladay go. They trade Stafford. They end up with Jared Goff. Uh, Detroit, good chance at 0-17. Where are you at? Uh, well, with Jared Goff, I have always been on the same train, and that is, why the hell do you want Jared Goff? Uh, in 2016, the Rams, they traded their first-round pick, two second-round picks, a third-round pick, a 2017 first-round pick, and a 2017 third-round pick to my Tennessee Titans for the number one overall pick in that 2016 draft, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. On that day, when that trade was made, I looked at my phone and said, why? <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I said, why? I've, I've never been a Jared Goff believer. I, I, You could probably check through my Twitter timeline and see years of Jared Goff slander. I, I've never understood it. And so Detroit goes and they, they trade for Jared Goff. And I, I can't tell you that I understand. And I'm going to admittedly say that I'm biased in this because, like I said, since 2016, I've been scratching my head like, what do you see there? And he's had he's had one good season. They did make it to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Uh, but Jared Goff in that Super Bowl was exposed uh, by the New England Patriots. And so not, I'm not really sure where Detroit's going with this. Maybe they wanted to free Matt Stafford, but they just didn't want to have nothing at quarterback. And that's the move that they made. Uh I would probably, like we were just saying, I'd rather go get Jameis. Or I'd rather go get Teddy Bridgewater, personally. But I I can't say I understand it. I I don't know. Do you think that Jared Goff could be a franchise quarterback? No. Is there there a scenario where maybe he's better outside of McVay's system? I was only Jared Goff was a fraud train about as early as anyone could be on it. Uh, I think I was on it. Some would say that I was on it prematurely. Uh, I didn't like him at all at any point in time in his career. I know that's going to sound crazy because he had some of the best games and shootouts with Kansas City. I thought that was predominantly Sean McVay. I don't care about that. Yeah, I, I did not. I was all against Jared Goff. I've been calling him Jared Fraud for a long time. And I believe that he is a subpar quarterback who got bailed out by an intricate system and a great offensive-minded head coach. Uh, And now we are going to see him fade into utter obscurity. I do not believe that Jared Goff will win more than four games in the remainder of his career as a starter. Damn. I thought you were going to say four games this season. No. How long? How much longer do you think he'll be a starter? I guess that's the question. Um, Jared Goff will probably start five games. And then okay. they'll just start flipping people in and out. The head coach will try to prove that um, this is a rebuild. We've got to be patient. And then we're going to see what we got. When the division's completely out of hand and they're 0-5 to start the year... Um, I think that Jared Goff gets pulled. Actually, I don't think we've released the schedule, so we don't know when teams are playing. We know who they're playing. But Detroit is in a division where everyone else, uh, Andy Dalton and Jared Goff, hmm, I would take Goff over Dalton. I feel like Dalton will win more games because he has more people, he has better players around him. I mean, Detroit is void of talent absolutely void of talent so I just don't see you you're going from a team that 
I mean, look, you had three good wide receivers around you. You For a long period of time, you had Todd Gurley. You have a really solid offensive line. Your defense has the defensive MVP perennially in Aaron Donald. You have the best corner in football in Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you've had innovative coaches left and right. I, I just don't see where Jared Goff gets any better going to a team that's never won anything in the history of their entire franchise. I'm with you, uh, and I do agree that I, I would rather have golf than than have Dalton. Like, let, let's not get crazy here. You know, I would yeah, still rather yeah. take golf, but I don't like golf. Nope. And so I, I don't think – I think he might have a one-season tryout with Detroit, and then they're going to go and draft someone with the top five pick that they're inevitably going to get because he was the starter all year. And then I don't know what happens to him after that. But I don't like the move for Detroit – I guess I understand that you don't want to go from Stafford to literal nothing, uh, but I probably would have went a different direction. Yeah, uh, I would have done the... Well, that's why you got two first. Uh, So from the other perspective of this, I look at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are going to actually get a big boy quarterback. We had talked at times last year how we really wanted to see... Matthew Stafford on a winner. I wanted him to go to San Francisco. Consolation Prize, uh, Los Angeles. That's okay with me. I'm sure Matthew Stafford is fucking thrilled. Apparently, he was vacationing with Sean McVay. When, sorry, not with Sean McVay. It was that they were at the same resort. Sure. Um, when the news <laughs> broke... Uh, and so, wink, wink. yeah, exactly. No, they weren't together. They just happened to be in the same place at the same time while the trade was going down. Right, of course. Of course you were. Um, but I think that this for the Rams make them the best team in their division. And I think that there's a good chance this team wins 12 plus games. Yeah, I think that Matt Stafford, he's a bit of a gunslinger. You know, he'll give the ball away a couple times, uh, you know, per season. And, in the last, in his career, actually, he's only had two seasons where he was in single-digit interceptions, and one of the seasons he only played three games. Um, so he's definitely going to give the ball away, but the the positive side of that is that you have that strong defense who can withstand him giving the ball away a couple times. And is he, he gives the ball away because he's aggressive. You know, he's aggressive down the field. He, he's an aggressive-type quarterback, and I think that McVay can probably do a lot with that. Um, Jared Goff, I don't think, fits that profile. Uh, But Matt Stafford isn't afraid to go make a play when a play needs to be made. Uh, So as long as he's on the field, I think that that's going to be big time for the Rams. I don't know how I feel about them giving away all their draft capital all the time, but like we just said, they traded half the picks that they had in 2016 to go move up to one to get them, and they were just fine after that. So maybe they've got it figured out. I think that you can play this type of game if you're getting pieces that are proven. Meaning, you land Jalen Ramsey for first-round picks. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's really fine with me. We know that you hit on about 50% of your first-round picks. So if you trade two first-round picks for an all-pro, well, that's a winner in my book. Now, you don't get the cheap contract aspect of this, okay? That's what you miss. But you, you know, you feel good about the player you're getting. I think when you looked at the Rams, they said the only reason we weren't the ones representing the NFC in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, 
was because of Jared Goff. And as long as Stafford stays healthy, I believe this to be the team that, uh, you know, the, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks are the team to beat. Behind them is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to have the best defensive front. They're going to have a top five offense. Um, and they have a top 10 coach. So this is a really good team now with this, with this trade. Very, very good. They, they fix. This is one of those situations. It's the opposite of where you go, hey, we lost our quarterback. What are we doing? Are we upgrading the position? And everyone else goes, no, we're just going to try to make it work. Where they went out and said, no, we're going to aggressively fix this problem. And they did. So we'll see how it goes. The, the pick that they're getting rid of this year, the third rounder, is a compensatory pick. So they got it for letting a free agent go. So it's not it's not necessarily a, you know, you're trading away something you have while you had it. It was a planned ad. So just a, just a you know, it's not necessarily your third rounder. I, I understand the intricacies of it. But uh, let's move to... Uh, we have two teams left. Let's stay in the division. San Francisco. San Francisco is going a different route to get their quarterback. After missing on Matthew Stafford, they have turned around and traded their picks. And what exactly did they trade? The 49ers have traded a first round, two first rounders and a third rounder to Miami to move up to the number three spot. Uh, the Eagles were also part of this trade because the Dolphins turned around and then traded the number six pick and the number 156 pick up to uh, the Eagles to move to number six, which probably means they're trying to take the number one pass catcher in their view. Uh, maybe they think Pitts falls to here and that's what they're doing. But we're not going to really break down what Miami's doing. Let's break down what the 49ers do. The 49ers are trading essentially, essentially exactly what the Rams traded. Now, the Rams got Stafford and traded two firsts and a third. Now, Miami and the 49ers are pick-swapping a first-rounder. They are then giving up an additional third-rounder and an additional first-rounder in 2023. So it's really kind of a pick-swap, which you see more in the NBA. Number three to number 12, then number six back. Um, as, so for the 49ers, this is way more of a gamble. Way more of a gamble than what the the uh, the Rams are doing for essentially the same price. How do you view this? Uh, I, I think I think the only thing I have in my mind is um, we acted like uh, Kyle Shanahan could make it work with anybody. That's how we all acted. And what's happened is he has decided he can't make it work with just anybody. So I think we've gone from hey, this guy can work with anyone to, okay, let's take a deep breath. There are limitations. So a lot of rumors about who he's going to take, nothing substantial. How do you view San Fran's move here? Uh, I kind of understand only if they're going to get a franchise quarterback. And I touched on this a little bit in the last episode. I just don't really understand why you do all of, what they did, you know, and giving up these these assets, these very valuable assets. If you're going to pick someone who may not be a a game changer, 
You know, I want to I want to be careful in how I word that because I I think that if the pick is going to be Mac Jones uh, there at the number three overall pick, then that's fine. Again, I'm not going to pretend to be a scout or this this great football mind, you know, that can just see the future. But I want a guy with the number three pick. If I'm going to trade up to get the number three pick, I want a guy who is as close to a slam dunk as possible, who's going to be a, a true game changer on that side of the ball. And if Mac Jones turns out to, to be that guy, then I guess I understand the move. I, this is one of those moves that it's going to be hard to judge until like year three or year four down the line. Because if they do get the franchise quarterback that they're seeking and, and Kyle Shanahan uh, is able to mold this guy into a perennial Pro Bowl, perennial All-Pro, then it's 100% worth it, you know, because it's the most important position in football. Uh, but I, I just don't know as of right now. I need to see what they what they do in the draft. I need to see the results of that. Um, I need to see what they do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you still do have a quarterback, and I know that they've probably fallen out of love with Garoppolo, but he's not trash. You know, I don't think so. At least that's my. What, what's your opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, I think he's league average. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. Like you know how we were talking about those. Okay. You were talking about those villains. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is like the next guy. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't give any secrets, but the hero just kind of beats the shit out. Like he's the guy that you can trust to keep your mouth shut, but the hero puts him in the hospital. You know, like that guy. That guy steps in right before. You know, this is that scene where okay, he's got the information. Now he's heading to the hideout. Well, the number one henchman is now going to give him like that. That two-minute montage fight where the henchman like lands two good punches, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe the hero's gonna!" Get- oh no, there it goes, and then the hero throws him out the window of like a six-store building. Uh, like that's him, but he allows the boss to escape. Uh, not to keep, you know, I want to keep it in the same world here. He ain't the guy. But he was able to get to the Jared Goff. He got to the Super Bowl. He said, look at me. You know, I'm I'm pretty good. He misses a wide open throw. They lose the Super Bowl. The rest is history. And now that he's been dispatched, he's not quite the guy he was anymore. He's got two bad legs. The boss really doesn't like him as much because he was kind of there for muscle. And now that he's gotten the shit kicked out of him, what good are you as muscle? So you move on from him. And that's exactly where Jared Goff, Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo both found themselves in positions where they did really well for their boss, but they weren't really the fucking guy. And after they got out muscled the one time, everyone went, oh, that's how you beat him. You just throw him out the window. How silly of me. And so Jimmy Garoppolo is in the hospital, laid up with two bad legs and a bad hip. He'll never be the same guy. And the hero is moving on, in this case, Cal Shanahan, to try to find uh, an answer um, at quarterback. And I think that's very, I think it speaks volumes about Jimmy Garoppolo when you have someone like Cal Shanahan who goes, I would just rather take the unknown <laughs> than the guy right. that I had for two years. So, uh, I so let think, me ask you this then. Yeah. If, and I need a little bit of your football expertise, your football knowledge here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in his system, in Kyle Shanahan's system, a lot of it is predicated on, you know, showing run looks, passing out of those looks, a yeah. lot of play action, power run, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. 
So why why would you not be looking to take one of these quarterbacks that fits that mold to a T? Like for me, we saw Justin Fields against Clemson. We've seen Justin Fields on one of the biggest stages, on all of the biggest stages, and, and we've seen how well he can run that that read option. The we we've seen how how well he can run the bootleg. We've seen you know we've seen him throw on the run. We've seen him run the ball like. If you're the 49ers and you have Kyle Shanahan, who's apparently this great offensive mind who can make it work with a variety of, it doesn't matter with Kyle Shanahan, he's a genius, he'll make it work, you know, why wouldn't you take the guy, or why wouldn't you be looking at the guy that has the highest ceiling? And I'm talking like they've already taken Mac Jones because, you know, Schefter's reporting on it, Schefter's pretty accurate. So I'm thinking that even if that doesn't end up being the pick, that's where they are right now. If that's what they do, I don't know if my opinion is that that trade was worth it, which was the original question. But why wouldn't you take one of the quarterbacks that may not be as game ready, but have the the monstrous ceiling? Okay, so we're gonna Trevor Lawrence is going number one. That's the end of the yes, game. That's period. the end deal. Number two, the Jets are gonna fuck this up horribly, and they're gonna take the white guy. Easy, easy <laughs> exactly. for the Jets. Zach Wilson will not be a good pro. Zach Wilson, to me, looks terrible. Um, I don't really need to watch a whole lot of tape. He reminds me exactly of a quarterback that played for the Ravens called Kyle Bowler. He almost looks like fucking Kyle Bowler. He does all the things that Kyle Bowler does. He played behind a really good line. He can throw the ball 100 fucking yards from his knees. I don't give a fuck. Zach Wilson, I don't know how he popped up on this board. More power to him that he's going to get a payday. However, I can guarantee you that guy is a flippity flop. Justin Fields will go third to the uh, 49ers. They are simply just shaking the leaves up. He is the best quarterback on the board. He is the best leader on the board. And Justin Fields will be the best pro out of all of them. I think that this is not a Mac Jones thing. Justin Fields has all of the offseason things you want. Uh, Mac Jones has two DUIs and is nothing but a clown. Um, he had a jo- he had a quote recently about him being like a Joker unleashed. Anyone that ever makes reference to themselves as being a Joker is in fact a Joker, um, and it is not the comic book Joker that doesn't exist. It is the Joker how we think of them: clown makeup, big shoes funny nose, uh, squeaky noise with a wet flower. Uh, That is all Mac Jones is. I do firmly believe that Justin Fields will be the third pick and he will be the best pro out of all of them. Okay, so you're not believing all the noise because I fully believe that he should be the third pick. It's just everything that I'm seeing and and I guess maybe it's misdirection, uh, but that that would easily be the third pick. You would be the second pick. In yeah. my opinion, I, I think the Jets should take him, but that's just me. I agree. If Justin Fields moves to four, Atlanta should take him and say, fuck it, sorry, Matt Ryan, but we can't believe that, you know, besides Trevor Lawrence, the best prospect on the board fell to four. I also think if it falls to four, there's going to be like 40 teams that try to call up and get them, uh, and then Atlanta will trade out of that spot. Uh, I think that's why Atlanta's not moving out of their spot now, because people don't know what the 49ers are doing. The 49ers moved up to three 
because they feel very confident how one and two are going to go and they're going to get their guy. So you don't trade up to three unless you're pretty fucking sure you're going to get your guy. And when it comes to quarterbacks, I find it very hard to believe that you say, well, we like all of them, so we just want to get to the top. If you like all of them, then you have evaluation problems. Period. So you are talking about a year where college football was very janky, uh, but you could still get all your tape. I don't understand why people value uh, you know, off-field statistics more than on-field statistics, but that's why there are bad teams, bad GMs, and bad owners. They get to exist uh, by going, holy shit, did you see that Mac Jones runs a 4-4-40? I bet that makes him a great quarterback. Um, you know, at the same time, we get enamored with those uh, those statistics. But if it's a black quarterback that has any type of athleticism, we want to move them to other positions. So uh, I think it's dumb I think people that fall into those traps are the typical idiots, uh, and it's why bad teams stay bad. If the 49ers take Mac Jones, I think you're looking at a franchise that may be getting caught a little bit drinking its own Kool-Aid. However, I do firmly believe San Francisco ends up with Justin Fields and a winner uh, on and off the field. So that's how I feel. 100% 100% agree. A sidebar, if, if Justin Fields is there at four or if, if he's there even later than that, you got to think that that man Bill over there in New England is is, is salivating a little bit. I think Pittsburgh... Gotta, they haven't had any success with their first-round pick, so why not just go ahead and unload them and go get a quarterback? If Justin Fields falls to four, Pittsburgh, um, New England... Uh, These teams that have a solid roster or feel like they just need their quarterback to get back on track, they're going to be offering a king's ransom to Atlanta, which is why I think Atlanta hasn't moved, is uh, if Justin Fields falls to four, then they may want to take him anyway. So they may go, no, you're not taking him. You know, you sit in the room where the coach goes, I want to win now, I want Matt Ryan, where the GM goes, do you see this phone is ringing off the hook? religiously for moving up into four I thought Justin Fields was a great you know great asset do you see how many people are trying to trade us for Justin Fields no we're not overthinking this we're taking Justin Fields at four and then we'll field calls on Matt Ryan that's where I think that'll go if he falls you could see a chain reaction where hey now Chicago makes their move you want a first round pick and another first round pick and a third for Matt Ryan since you just drafted Justin Fields so you could have a whole bunch that opens up there but I believe Justin Fields is going to go at three and that's going to be the end of it so I hope so because that's what I that's how I feel I, I think he should go at two but I guess that's not going to happen and yeah I I don't see how he could fall that far. He, he, he looked like he was on Trevor Lawrence's level to me. <laughs> Look, I, I know. But there are plenty of people out there that will convince themselves that, you know, there was a lot of really, really foul rumors that came out about Justin Fields not being a gamer and Justin Fields not doing the little things right. Uh, Justin Fields was one of the leaders uh, in the Big Ten trying to go and get football restarted. He has – he, he – outdealt everyone through injuries 
Um, that was just all foul rumors. Uh, and so they could have been to try to tank him so they drops down. Uh, but then being perpetuated through the media. When I haven't heard any slander on Mac Jones, Mac Jones has two DUIs. Two. I didn't even know that till right now. Right. Like, that's how little they're covering that on the TV. Right. So just, you know, it's it's the fool thing. You know, they, it sells. The, the, the audience that's watching it wants to hear the one side of this and doesn't want to hear the other. Um, Mac Jones will be a loser. Uh, all right. Um, let's move to the last team here. Uh, and that would be the Carolina Panthers, who mm-hmm. trade... Um, a very interesting trade to go get Sam Darnold from the Jets. Uh, the, I don't really know how to feel about this. I thought Josh, I thought Sam Darnold looked like a goofball, uh, for the last three years. Uh, I don't really think that, I I thought that the, the Carolina Panthers gave up kind of a lot uh, to go get someone who the Jets were clearly going to move away from. So what are your takes here? What, what You know, you still have Teddy, you have Darnold. I guess you're going to go in with both. Very confused about this, though. When they traded for Darnold, what they told, what that told me, and with no, you know, no inside knowledge or anything, what that told me was that, that they were too concerned with what Deshaun Watson had going on to trade for him. That, that's really what that told me. It didn't really tell me much about how they feel about uh, about Sam Darnold. To me, it, it said, hey, we know that we need something here at quarterback. We thought that we were going to go get Deshaun, but it's looking like that's a, that is not the move that needs to be made right now. And so this <laughs> is the consolation. I looked at it as a consolation trade. I think that they wanted Deshaun. Uh, but they were scared off, rightfully so, yep. and so they needed to do something, and they went and got Sam Darnold. I don't really know how to feel about Sam Darnold because, as we discussed all of last season, uh, when Adam Gase is your head coach, it's kind of hard to evaluate yep. things. Um, but I see a lot of people making comparisons, uh, Darnold comparisons, to what Tannehill did in Tennessee, and I think that that's a little dangerous uh, because I think, first of all, I think Tannehill showed more under Adam Gase than what Darnold showed under Adam Gase. 100%. Second off, Tannehill was going into a system and a structure that was already established. The team was already a playoff team. They already had Derrick Henry. They just brought in A.J. Brown. Like the, the team was established. All they did was plug Tannehill into that system. With with Carolina, I don't know if that that structure is already there. You know, you you have now a second year head coach and 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 offensive coordinator, which is cool. Um, but I, I don't know if he's a huge upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. And if he's not a huge upgrade over Teddy, he might be an upgrade. I just don't know if he's a huge upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. And if he's not that, then what are you doing? I. Uh... I find this to be a trade where you said, I'm sick of watching Teddy Bridgewater. And I agree. I personally, I don't understand. I don't fucking get why people like Teddy Bridgewater. I understand that he's a good person to root for. but <laughs> I like Teddy Bridgewater. I, just, I don't want him to be the quarterback of my team, but what, I like Teddy Bridgewater. That's my, that's my thing. Okay, I go, you, so, just think, I like Teddy Bridgewater as a person. I think he got a raw deal. He got that destroyed leg. 
But what in the fuck have if I tell you that you your life is on the line and you your starting quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater and they're going to random the starting quarterback out of the rest of the rosters. You you know one you're going the other team you're playing is going to get one of the other 32. If I give you Teddy Bridgewater, you're kind of like, "Oh fuck, I have no advantage on almost anyone." I, right, you right. know, I'm hoping Taylor Heineke or someone's on the other side. Right. Like if Baker Mayfield's on the other side, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, and that can't be where you're at. And that's the problem with Teddy is uh, he got he got a raw deal. He had a horrible injury. He's battled back. It's all wonderful. But Teddy is not a fucking winner. He doesn't have great stats. He's not an accurate thrower. He doesn't push the ball down the field the way he needs to. He doesn't make his reads correctly. And that's with weapons, 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 and a good offense. I'm sorry. He ain't a fucking guy. He's like, if you were to rank quarterbacks in the NFL, he would roll out anywhere from 18 to 22. Period. And yeah, that's, I have to agree with that. I can't disagree. And so they got sick of fucking watching him. David Tepper said, there's just got to be anything better. Now, I don't know how the big board landed on, well, better is Sam fucking Darnold. I also think the price the Panthers paid was way too fucking steep. You're talking about a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and a sixth rounder. What makes Darnold worth the four and the six? I, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. So, from a Jets perspective, I love it. You're going to move on to a new quarterback. You're going to pick up a bunch of draft capital. From the Panthers' perspective, congratulations. You're back in purgatory. You're going to stay in purgatory. And you're almost undoubtedly going to be fighting with Atlanta to figure out who can win seven games and who can win six. So, congrats again, Carolina. You decided to move laterally i mean if you were to say hey you have teddy bridgewater you know we're talking about that random scenario right if you randomed and you had teddy bridgewater and the other team random sam darnold you would go okay i might live <laughs> you know <laughs> right, like, right. he's one of the few so i got some stats yeah. for you here Is it, you, you, we say it's a lateral move but i don't even know if it's lateral so last season, and again with Sam Darnold, we know that he was with Gase. Uh, that has to account for at least something here. But Teddy Bridgewater's completion percentage was a full 10% better than Sam Darnold's was last season. Yeah. Quarterback rating was 20 points higher yep. than Sam Darnold's was. They threw the same amount of interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater's yards per attempt, a full yard and a half better than Sam Darnold. His yards per, let me see, his yards per completion, almost a full two yards yeah. better. So, like, was it a lateral move? No. Like, are we putting that all on all on Adam Gase or, or what? What I mean is it's a lateral move in terms of their win total. You, you, you already had, like we said, if we random two quarterbacks to the death and you got Teddy Bridgewater and I got Sam Darnold, I got to start picking out coffins. So it's a lateral move in terms of win total. Your team did not get better and you lost draft capital. 
So there's a there's a, you know I think you paid too steep of a price for a guy who showed absolutely nothing over three years. And there are some nitpicking things right now where people are pulling out one or two throws Sam Darnold had out of 1,500 and are going, well, take a look at this throw. It's pretty good. And I go, man, the guy threw a 1,000 passes and you found two that are decent. Uh, what? How much work right. did you fucking do? How much fucking work did you just do to prove to me that Sam Darnold sucks? Because that's what I want to know. I want to know how many hours of tape you had to scramble through to find me good Sam Darnold throws. There are, he has some good moments, but the bad moment, everyone has, well, not everyone. A lot of people have some good moments. But play after play after play after play after play after play that suck. And then he has one good throw and you go, well, there it is. I'm like, well, how drunk are we? So I, I don't think that this does anything for Carolina except give up draft capital. We'll see how he does. He's still got to beat Teddy out, though. So um, I, I think that's a little a little tough. If he can't beat Teddy out, then that is a colossal failure of a trade. Yeah, I think it's already bordering on a colossal failure. Like, <laughs> like as soon as it happened, I was like, uh, a two, a four, and a six for whom? Like, uh, DeAndre Hopkins went for something like that, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, I can pull it up. Yeah, what did he go to compared to Sam? Sam Darnold's going for a two, a four, and a six. I believe DeAndre Hopkins went for something very similar. Now, Again, I don't believe that wide receivers necessarily add win totals to you. You could point to Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. I'm going to point to Josh Allen having a completely anomaly year that he regressed to the means in the playoffs on who he is, and his stats back that up. Um, but I just don't think that the Sam Darnold trade does anything for Carolina, and I think the only winner is the New York Jets for moving on from someone who was a failure. Uh, now they will be drafting another failure, so that's great. But that's that's so, The Go Hopkins ahead. trade, uh, Hopkins went for a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and David Johnson. Okay, there it is. You can have David, you could have DeAndre Hopkins, or you could have Sam Darnold. Your pick. Yeah, I know who I'd pick. Yeah, everyone's going to pick DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm just saying that's what you gave up. That's what they gave up for Sam Darnold. So, but man, he plays a, a tougher position. You know, the quarterback has valued it more. All right. Sure. Sam Darnold has more value than DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. I mean, not that I've seen, but whatever. Um, some final news here. Uh, it looks like. The 49ers and the Patriots are among teams that will be in attendance for Justin Fields Pro Day. Um, of course. This makes sense because the 49ers are going to view the quarterback they're going to take. And the Patriots are going to go, what do you want for Garoppolo? <laughs> so the, Patri yeah, the Patriots are going to stand there and go, if Justin Fields falls to three, what's the trade for Garoppolo? And they're going to go, the trade for Garoppolo, what did you give us? Okay, we'll give you back a little worse. And Garoppolo will go back to New England. So 
Um, I, Just to touch on Fields, uh, I have Sports Center playing, or Get Up actually is what's playing in the background while we do this. And uh, just an interesting stat for you: uh, Justin Fields, twenty and two as the starter at Ohio State, big time program. We know that they play in the big games. I think twenty and two is pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's a winner. He's, he's a, winner. a fucking winner. He's a good guy who is a strong leader who dueled with the best college quarterbacks in a shitty year that brought a lot of adversity, and he put a big program back on the map and did really, really, really well. And I don't want to fucking hear about other quarterbacks unless it's Trevor Lawrence. So let the Jets fuck up and take their typical fuck-up drafted quarterback because the Jets do one thing better than everyone else, and that's draft a fucking bad quarterback. Um, so they will continue that trend. Uh, and the rest of the NFL will laugh and laugh and laugh. And, and in three years, they'll go, I just can't believe that Zach Wilson wasn't the guy. And you're like, yeah, well, everyone else tried to tell you. So, um, you know, good for you. Good for you. All right. That's all I got. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? I don't have any parting thoughts. Uh, I have been working on a little side project here, and I'm finally ready to tell the world about it. Let's hear um, it. I have opened my own little clothing store, clothing brand. It's called More Days Off Apparel. Uh, just a shameless plug. Check out mdoapparel.com and go get you some. All right. We'll put that link out. Uh, with our pods going forward. So let's go ahead and get that merch swinging. Uh, I will be making a purchase as well. So I'm all about it. Uh, We want to get that promotion. We've got a lot of things coming for you as the year goes as we try to make this a more legit operation and we shake off our sea legs. Uh, More pods, more characters, more people involved. Um, More variety of life. That is the theme uh, that we are going with. Pick what you like, play what you like. Um, you can find me on Pick and Play 37 on Twitter. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll. Uh, remember, please rate, subscribe, review. We're going to have an NBA pod dropping later this week. Uh, probably another NFL pod after the NFL draft, which is in two weeks away. Until then, we'll be hot and heavy with NBA. Uh, neither one of us are really into baseball, so we might have some topics or something comes up, but nothing major. So until then, stay safe out there. The coronavirus is real. I can attest to that. Uh, and we're almost through this. Get your vaccine shots. Let's move it along, people. Peace.